You're listening to a big Finnish production. It's not raining outside, which is a good thing. This is the Big Finish Podcast. Official release date, 4th of February 2018. Cunic and Benji. Hello. A guest star interview with Samuel Barnett and a 15-minute drama tease of The Martian Invasion of Earth based on H.G. Wells' novel The War of the Worlds. That's coming up in this podcast. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. Never a truer word spoken, and we will, of course, have our usual bonanza of Big Finish news, listeners' emails, randomoid selectron, and a roundup of the latest releases. But the latest releases of what, I hear you ask? Well, on the off chance you're not in the know, we at Big Finish are the purveyors of the finest audio drama and audiobooks in this sector of the space-time continuum, or continuum, as um, John Pertwee often said. Space and time continuum. <laughs> <laughs> bless him, bless old old, old Patwistle, uh, Mr. Peewit. Um, so we we make licensed drama productions such as Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, The Avengers, The Prisoner, The Omega Factor, uh, Callan, uh, Star Cops, and Survivors. On top of all this, there's a growing number of uh, dramas based on classic works, including Dracula, Frankenstein, The Phantom of the Opera, and Treasure Island, as well Arr. as uh, the works. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, the works of uh, Shakespeare and H.G. Wells. And there's our new range of brand new dramas entitled Big Finish Originals. Check us out at bigfinish.com. Oh man, so exciting. But now back to that guest star interview with Samuel Barnett and his co-star George Naylor. Both of them will be chatting to Big Finish writer, director and producer Scott Hancock. Uh, And what about, well... One of our new Big Finish originals, of course. Yes, our exciting new range of seven entirely original dramas, which will be becoming available from April this year, but are already available to pre-order either in a bundle or individually. Um, there'll be more news about them every week on the Big Finish Dickcom. What am I talking about? The BigFinish.com site and on this podcast. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, which I always think is a rather unpleasant phrase. I've just peeled my eyes. Um, For the last couple of weeks in the podcast, we've been concentrating on our April release, At A Girl, a little-known true story of women pilots in World War II. But in this podcast, we turn our attention to the second of our Big Finish originals, Cicero. That's right, Cicero, Marcus Tullius Cicero. Remember, I used to have a a history teacher who who used to, when we used to do classical civilizations, uh, we studied... um, Homer's Iliad and Cicero and he always used to walk around uh, the room and the the, the chairs were in like a sort of like a a big uh, sort of rectangle he'd walk around and when he was saying Cicero he'd he'd tap us on the head three times he'd say Marcus Tullius Cicero and I always remember our our necks would, would go like that so yeah, so uh, Cicero then, it's, uh, that's the story of ancient Roman legal eagle battling wrongdoing and corruption back in the year 80 BC. Back in the year 1980 BC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not 90, it's 80 BC. Uh, and, and that's where Samuel Barnett comes in. See, he stars as Marcus Cicero along with George Naylor, who plays his brother Quintus. And the man who devised, produced and script edited the production, Scott Hancock, will be chatting to them later. And it's worth mentioning that there's already a free sample of the first 
pilot episode of Cicero on the bigfinish.com site. And here's a trailer, by the way. Cicero? Yes. yes. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Cicero. I have heard, Marcus Tullius, that you are a lawyer of considerable talent. He is. Then you are also my last and only hope. An innocent man stands accused of murdering his father. What's this man's name? Sextus Roscius, the younger. My father and I were on good terms. Yet you stand accused of murdering him. We were 60 miles apart the night he died. These are violent times, and I have seen men far more timid than him turn savage in the right circumstances. It's a very straightforward case. Really? Of course. Roscius hated his son. The feeling was mutual. That family, that bad seed, Cicero. Father posing as a friend to the consul while double-dealing behind his back. The son posing as the noble heir to his father's fortune, all the while plotting his demise. Bad seeds. You know, I don't think anyone would blame you if you were to quit this case. <laughs> blame or mind? What do you mean by that? You seem a bright young man, Cicero. I would hate to see such talent squandered on such a hopeless case. The embarrassment, the shame of it, would hang around your neck forever. I'm certain of that. Big Finish. We love stories. It was staring us in the face, Quintus. This whole time it was staring us in the face. And don't forget that coming up at the end of this podcast, the Martian invasion of Earth, the first 15 minutes. I'm definitely going to be tuning in for this. Uh, Richard Armitage stars in this audio dramatisation of H.G. Wells' novel, The War of the Worlds, adapted by our good fellow Nick here. Tell us a bit more about it, Nick. I love the way you pointed so that I knew you were talking to me. Always, I mean, always. Because like, gotta... I've got 15 other people here. <laughs> well, it's a busy room. It's, you know, just... Lo- <laughs> Busy shed. Busy shed. Inside. Uh, yes, um, well, a fantastic cast, as you say, Richard Armitage, but also Lucy Briggs Owen, who does so much for Big Finish, and rightly so. She's been in The Prisoner, but she started off with us in The Avengers. She's done, uh, she is one of the most amazing actors and a delightful person to have around. Uh, she does a classic, fantastic job of stealing all Richard Armitage's thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she stole the show, I think. I mean, Richard is fantastic, of course. Uh, the sound design, brilliant sound design and music by uh, Ian Meadows and Jamie Robertson. I don't know why I hesitated there. Today. I, I suppose I... Jamie I said, Anderson. I, I said Jamie Anderson. I remember I did call Jamie Anderson Jamie Robertson in, in the extras for The Prisoner. So, you know, <laughs> that sort of evens it out. And a great cover, too. I think it's Tom Newson, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant work. I'm just so... Happy And also, you know, one of the best things that happened today was that Sue Cowley emailed me having finally caught because she listens to everything because she does all the uploading of the material and it's coming out this week. And she finally got around to listening to it and just emailed me to tell me how brilliant she thought it was. And that kind of just meant everything to me. It's fantastic when a colleague just randomly says, by the way, I love what you did here. It's really lovely. She also said she wanted to punch the curate. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll um, uh, see... That, that's the fictional one. Not uh, Sue Cowley does not punch real curates. Um, <laughs> she, she uh, none punch. of us at Big Finish punch curates. It's <laughs> never, 
big finish. We don't punch curates. I mean, what a terrible thing to do. Punching anyone, Frank. I'm getting myself into a tailspin. Don't punch people, guys. I can't stress that enough. people ever uh anyway yes he is very irritating character and every time i read the novel i got more and more cross with the curates as indeed was hg wells i think you know you gotta if you're gonna if that annoys you in the novel then you've got to kind of i'm really i'm really excited to hear it well how how morgan who plays him really through it really absolutely got that and he plays him with a very annoying voice you sound like alpha centauri (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Earth Delegates. <laughs> uh, we'll also be hearing from Richard Armitage later, and uh, we'll give you a burst of Jamie Robertson's great music because it's worth listening to a bit just on its own. The man's a talented chap. Uh, but surely now it's time for the flipping news, isn't it, Nick? Uh, jolly well is, except that I must just tell you that there'll be a special return of the Big Finish podcast competition later due to popular demand stroke nagging. Anyway, here's the news. It's Trailer Central at the news desk this week. Audio trailers galore. So, first up, here's a real cracker for the fourth volume of the third Doctor Adventures coming out in March. That's next month, if you you don't know. Stop the move! Hello? Anyone here? No one in their right mind leaves their docking bay doors wide open. Particularly not in this weather. They must have been in a hurry. Perhaps. But don't wander off. We don't know what else might be in here. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor, what are they? Cybermen! (laughs) The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 4. Something on the gantry above. Some sort of animal, bipedal. Possible local species, pure organic reading. Yeah. I'm watching you watching me. Whoa! I'm getting soaked! Keep your arms in! Look, Bessie's a lovely car, Doctor. I mean, really lovely, but... Well, have you ever thought about investing in a sort of a little roof rather than a flappy tarpaulin to keep you dry? Don't you listen, old girl. She knows you're beautiful, really. Who is he talking about? No! No! You're expecting someone else? I can't decide whether to be pleased or offended. You will help me. She's got a scalpel, Doctor. I will hurt you. Just keep back, Joe. Chad Caramel. That was me. Oh? Maestro of music. Fancy a drive in the country, Joe. What's that? The supply ship. I am a member of the Bureau for Cyber Retribution. Ah, so you're a cyber hunter. I am. Like one of the old Earth Nazi hunters. (laughs) Perhaps. Then you have my utmost respect, sir. You and I have a lot in common. The Cybermen were a terrible threat. Terrible. Get back! Finish recreating an era. It knows you. It must have been watching. Are you some sort of security organization? Some sort, yes. 
Oh, I sent you that the other day. Yeah, didn't I? it's lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. It's I, I with that whole uh, uh, series that we're doing with the Third Doctor stuff. It is amazing. You can close your eyes and it's just the Third Doctor. Well, and, and you era. edited one of them, didn't you? Right, Rise of the you New did. Humans. Yes, which yeah. with uh, Rufus Hound as as the monk. Yeah. That was that was great fun, and it was great uh, the first time. Strangely enough, Nick working with you actually on a. Yeah, apart yeah. from well we we do the post production on survivors together oh that's but true i've yes. never but worked as a director as a director i've never worked with you so that was that was quite a nice uh, fun little thing how, how was it how was i how oh, was it was I awful raised? it was seriously he would um he turned up at my house in his <laughs> pants at two in the morning uh, and he and he, he pulled me it was out three of bed. it was he, three in the morning it was three and he said why aren't you working and he grabbed me pushed me into my studio handcuffed me to the radiator next to my desk and forced me to work on it it was awful you know and every time I'd, I'd fall asleep he'd say he'd slap me around the, the forehead and say no so John Pertwee wouldn't be sleeping at a time like this and neither would you and and, and so that's how it was for, for a good few weeks I don't um, see what's unreasonable about that no not at all I mean you know it's my own fault really you know, who sleeps at night um, <laughs> did well, I, no, no, seriously though but did I did I give you more or less or fewer I should say notes than uh, than say Ken Bentley or you gave you gave me just a chilled amount of notes. It was very much a couple of tweaks here, a couple of tweaks there, nothing. Which is which is always nice. I mean, to be fair, you know, like even like Ken doesn't really give me that many notes anymore. Like when I first started, there were there were more notes, but now, I think I think the key to to a lot of things is kind of understanding what your director wants, and once you know what they want mm. and what they want out of this and their style, I think it's kind of easier to to cater to it really. Well, you were learning, I suppose, weren't you? And you're blooming good at it i mean it's an interesting thing that joe miners one of our other uh, sound designers and also he does the recording at audio sorcery and what has he said to me that you have to learn what each director likes he said because you're all very different he said some directors complain that the music's too loud other directors say turn the music up or Absolutely. you know he says you know he said it's quite a minefield and you have to you have to so there's no sort of absolute standard which does mean that all the productions do have a, a different sort of um style to them really because different directors bring different things to the table it's, it's like reverb you know room reverberation some some directors like it to be sort of the term the technical term is wet so it means that there's a lot of it to, to convey a space so some people might like a big echoey hall whereas some uh, directors prefer it very very uh low in the mix because they they want the clarity of the voice to come through as opposed to the uh, the, the scene itself so it is it is a balancing act really and mm. obviously I, I know I know what you like as a person in terms of your your the style so I always try to put in a few old 70s nuggets here and there and <laughs> things like that and, and things to kind of you know it's it's, it's an it's armchair good. creaking noises yeah, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah the armchair yeah the old what desk was that armchair it was in um, a doom coalition episode absent friends wasn't it yeah the old you, uh, and i said that just was my favorite moment <laughs> in, in the whole thing when she sat down in the armchair and it just went oh. it's <laughs> important that you got you got to do it you got to do it the worst the worst thing to ever type in i remember it was on a couple of episodes it happens a lot in survivors that people seem to like sitting on beds but of course if you type that into the sound effects engine bed creaking uh, you, you do find some rather 
shady things to say but yes had had an absolute ball working on the doctor and i'm so i'm so excited to hear the cyber uh, the cybermen story as well so. yeah well, it's great uh, i hesitated in case it, yeah. it wasn't wasn't out yet but of course no, it's on the cover it the covers it's, it's, out prom- there, yeah. it's big yeah. news so, yeah so yeah I'd, and I fun. did that. I want to, you know, I want to make everyone aware <laughs> that I, I made that trailer. I loved it. Do you know? Sometimes I think I could just spend all day doing trailers, but I don't have the time. Um, uh, as we've mentioned, coming out any day now, the Martian invasion of Earth. Here's a burst of Jamie Robertson's fantastic music for it, along with star Richard Armitage talking about the production. Yes, it's a Martian mashup. Richard Armitage and I'm playing Herbert. He's as fascinated with the invasion as he is terrified by it and his instinct as a, as a husband is to kind of protect his wife but at the same time there is a curiosity to, to what's happening which I think is an interesting balance because one cancels out the other to a certain extent. He doesn't let fear overcome him but at the same time he doesn't let his curiosity drop him into the to the pit of hell as it's described and, and he does manage to survive through his instincts so kind of a, quite a well-rounded character I think I was surprised how contemporary it was, considering it was written in the, at the end of the 19th century. I, I, you know, a lot of the comments that we've made with each other and the discoveries we've made in the recording of it was that perhaps H.G. Wells was the first person who described the idea of a, of a flying saucer, even though it's, it's obscure and he doesn't specifically describe it, that those seeds and those images have been planted, I think, by, by this writer and other science fiction writers after him have have picked up on his idea. It's it's an incredibly contemporary story and and very colloquial language. So that was surprising to me. kind of fascinated with technology I'm fascinated with how we're evolving as as nations uh, as communities what we're doing to each other at the moment and I suppose the possibility of a new era a cleaner future and something I guess a, a kind of utopia and I think a lot of science fiction writers either talk about invasion and destruction or they do talk about utopia i misread that as martian bash up i'm just pitching these two aliens proper taking it out of each other <coughs> uh, so yeah back to the trailers anyway uh so in the doctor who main slash monthly range soon to be renamed the doctor who monthly adventures rolls off the tongue nicely yeah, ghost nice. walk starring peter davison as the fifth doctor and that'll be released any day now and here's the trailer 
coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, Ghost Walk. Now, everyone, I would ask you to be brave. We're going to venture into the catacombs, sealed underneath the city since the 17th century. When the catacombs were uncovered, this chamber was found. It had been put to sinister purpose. <laughs> we can only guess that something was worshipped down here, something evil. <sighs> Who are you? Who are you? It wants me to be afraid. It's like a hand stroking my spine. You can sense the energy on me, can't you? Because I've traveled in time. Do you by any chance believe in ghosts? Big finish. We love stories. You worked on that one, didn't you, Benji? I did. I did. I did the music for this story, and I don't. I don't do a lot of music for the big finish stuff. Not like some of the other people, like Jamie Robertson, who does. A, he's very much the, doing his music all the time. Um, so it was a real. It was really nice actually to, to step back for a little bit and do something different with this one, and and scare people as well. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely with this one, I, I I purchased some nice new sounds and instruments to use on this one. Lots of uh, horrible monks singing and uh sort of scary bits like that and and uh so hopefully um, well, your director liked it didn't he barnaby barnaby was so lovely I've, i again i've not worked with him before and uh he he didn't give he just said he loved it he didn't say change this he just said this is brilliant and thank you so much and he was just so nice so, so i yeah it was that's the nicest for for a sound person and music that's the the best compliment in the world is when somebody says you don't need to change that yeah that's the way uh-huh uh-huh i like, I like it. it so yeah Let's, ghost ghost walk good yes. spooky one there definitely well, worth uh, yeah it. that trailer sounds amazing i've heard that uh, let's look ahead to april and may in our fantastic torchwood range coming out in april the last beacon the beacon is ours. No, not that sort of beacon. Uh, that pause was me moving my hand around the microphone in order to do <laughs> that to do that. voice. <laughs> it does sound just like it, though. It's, it's, just... A, it's just a bloke speaking inside a mask, basically. The beacon <laughs> is ours. Uh, featuring Yanto and Owen, the last beacon, if I can just get back on topic. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood, The Last Beacon. Why am I not the one in charge? If whoever's behind the transmission has had dealings with us before, they might recognise us. That's why we're undercover. It's people who are looking for something. That way we won't draw attention to ourselves by, well, you know, looking for something. Wow. Why aren't you in charge all the time? God! He's on fire! Look alive! Can you just try to enjoy the change of scenery? Look at the mountains, take in the surroundings. Oh, I have! 
So far I've seen a fantastic selection of pubs, most of them boarded up, an array of kids smoking on benches, nine pairs of pyjama bottoms, two terrified community support officers and seven kebab shops. Oh, just close your eyes! It's not real! Big birds! Look out! You're absolutely right, Yanso. This truly is God's own country. Okay. I hate your fish. Big finish. We love stories. Uh, try not to get any blood on the desk. I've only just polished. <laughs> Sorry. It's oh, it's me. Sorry. I thought. I thought. No, no don't, don't worry. And in. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. And in May, Gwen and Reese want you to believe we always get out alive. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Torchwood. We always get out alive. Jesus, what did you do that for? We didn't see that. See what? Someone ran right across the rose. I didn't see anyone. Can you hear that? Yeah. Someone's definitely in the trees. You're going out there? Bloody right I am. Hang on, hang on! That way, it definitely came from up there. Come on! Stop it! Big finish. We love stories. You can do this, Gwen. Remember what you said? We always get out alive. alive. Do we always get out alive? Well, I mean, I'm not dead yet, so I see why I do. I'd be worried if... if uh, we we're not at the end of the podcast yet, Benji. I'm not, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Fatally Shut wounded. Get on the cart. Then um, him, what was it? Monty Python, wasn't it? Then, this is in the Holy Grail. Just as he thought he was making a great recovery, he suddenly felt the icy hand of death upon him. <laughs> He's died. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, yeah, we said it was trailer central, didn't we? Back to Doctor Who and more adventures with the fifth Doctor, Peter Davison. First up next month in March, Serpent in a Silver Mask by David Llewellyn. Here is, surprisingly, the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Excelsior Hotel. Please remember that plasmic transference is prohibited at all times. Doctor Who. Serpent in a Silver Mask. But what is it? A space station the size of a city located on the outer edges of the Kuiper Belt. Looks a bit upmarket. Really? It's like a tasteless person's idea of luxury. My father was a powerful and wealthy man. I still recall the day when I told him I had no desire to follow in his footsteps. Oh, the shame! The shame! Leaving his sister to fend for herself. Oh, uh, hello. I, I was hoping to speak to one of your guests. I'm afraid I don't speak robotish. Mama, will you be my friend? Hello, Frank. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> A tragic turn of events. I am deeply saddened by what has occurred. Jump! And such powerful thighs. Do you enjoy physical pursuits? Well, I have bowled the odd over. I can imagine. <laughs> Stop or I'll fire! We need him alive, Superintendent. Oh, just a warning shot. Why would anyone on this station have an incineration beam? Mama, don't leave us. Mama, Mama. <laughs> now, Superintendent, fire! 
They've overloaded the turbine. Now hold on to something or you will be dragged in. <laughs> Big finish. We love stories. And following that, in April, the first of a trilogy to be scattered cunningly throughout the Doctor Who main range stroke monthly range, 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 Doctor Who monthly adventures. It's The Heliax Rift by Scott Handcock, and it has a, a unit theme to it. I'll say no more at the moment, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll reveal. Uh, reveal. I don't know what <laughs> reveal is like to have a meal again. Uh, I meant reveal. I'll remeal. Let's, like, let's re-meal. Well, I think toast, Nick, I'll have another. Well, Nick Courtney was famous for re-mealing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- uh, d- um, John Levine. I was going to say John Benton. John Levine, who sent me a very interesting letter recently, but no more on that story later. Um, he d- told me this story, and Nick Courtney did confirm it for me, that they were all out having a Chinese meal. I've told this anecdote so many times, so feel free to nod off. And they got to the end of the meal and Nick said, that was lovely. He said, do you know, I could eat all that again. And they went, yeah, you could. You, 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 anyway, well, I could. They said, well, go. And he said, I will. And he ordered the entire meal again and ate the whole thing all what over again. What a legend. Yeah. So I'm not re-mealing. I'm revealing uh, no more at this stage about the Heliax Rift, except to say, here's the flipping trailer. Halt! Don't move! Oh, that's all I need. Hands in the air, now! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the Heliax Rift. Look at you. You're beautiful, incredible. This world's never seen anything like you. That's it. Closer now. Closer. Where are you? We think we found something, sir. A police box. It's just standing in the middle of the woods. Police box. That's all we need. Oh. Oh. Well, this is all terribly civilised, isn't it? Guns and orders and shoving. It's almost like I've never been away. Trap three to Greyhound leader. Fallen Kestrel has been located. Repeat, Fallen Kestrel has been located. Over. I'm presuming Fallen Kestrel is some kind of spacecraft, yes? Nothing gets past you, does it? My name's Lieutenant Hopkins. I'm Unit's Acting Medical Officer. And what exactly is Unit? We're a specialist task force that deals with extraterrestrial intervention. Uh, I'm with Unit too, by the way. I- I'm also an alien. Put that down! We'll take our time with this one. Soon all your secrets will be revealed to us. Big finish. We love stories. Well, this isn't playing out exactly as I'd hoped. Well, uh, I feel a bit uh, trailered out, even though the trailers are one of my favourite things to do, as I mentioned before. They are fun. Uh, They're fun to do. Do you, do you you make trailers as well, don't you? I do, yeah, I make trailers. I, I always enjoy it, try to give them a, a unique little spin and, and lots, you know, like to go for the filmy sort of hmm. big things. Big finish, we love trailers. <laughs> I, I, there are some ranges that I sort of reserve the trailer rights for, even though normally the sound designer does it and, and David kind of, David Richardson knows which ones they are. And I, says, I think Nick will probably want to do that. But I, I, I sort of hear the sound designers and composers uh, sighing with relief like the third doctor i always do the third doctor adventures trailers i've done all of those and uh, what other ones do i do i do the prisoner ones as well and but I'd, I did, I'd, I'd expect you to do the prisoner one that's yeah. your bag isn't it it is but you know i'm not the sound designer or the musician for it um i also did the war doctor ones as well oh great fun though that's that initially it. happened because we were rushing so fast to get it released and and giving howard carter 
the famous Egyptologist the job of um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a Howard Carter anecdote coming up uh, the, the job of doing the trailer as well might might have I might have heard a scream of um, despair from the direction of his house so uh, yeah I thought and anyway I wanted to kind of do it uh, the reason the Hanik the Data <laughs> that's Howard Carter anecdote those two, those two things mixed together. A Hanuk data uh, um, about Howard is that um, I was watching a school play that my son was in uh, the other night. I used the word play in inverted commas. But anyway, it was all about going around the world in 80 minutes. And one of the bits involved that they travelled in time, basically. They had a balloon that travelled in time. I decided to sue them for copyright on behalf of the BBC. <laughs> um, and uh, at one point, they visit Egypt, and Howard Carter hey. is, is is just discovering the tomb of Tutankhamun. And I just, I immediately thought, my first thought, whilst nodding off at this production, was uh, <laughs> terrible thing to say, isn't it? Uh, was that um, when we heard it was eighty minutes long, we were all looking at each other like, "Oh my goodness, how are we going to get through this?" Um, was I thinking, why are they talking about one of our composers? <laughs> I thought, oh no, he was also a really famous Egyptologist. Anyway. Just trying to please up. Nick Briggs in the crowd there. And Howard Carter. You know, wouldn't it be spooky if they'd landed in India and found Jamie Robertson? Yeah. <laughs> the famous, uh, famous masseuse, Indian masseuse, Jamie Robertson. <laughs> Just picturing him as a masseuse now. Uh, so, so yeah. So that on that that uh, fun little note uh, that does bring us to the end of the news. And what better way to uh, to usher out the end of the news than to do oh, yeah. it in the trailer voice? Oh yes. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. That's not how you sound. I'm just doing no, the no. voice. You know, the trailer coming August the seventeenth, two thousand and eighty-one, on video and DVD from March the first. Yeah, I miss that. Don't you miss that? Coming soon on video and DVD from March the 1st. I do. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night screaming about that. Rock and rolling on. Uh, that uh, That was the trailer news and the news in general. Time now for listeners' emails. And if you'd like to send us uh, an email to our podcast podule, all you have to do is to follow these easy steps. Number one, write the email. Number two, send the email to podcast at bigfinish.com. And number three, listen to the Big Finish podcast to see if indeed we read it out. <laughs> and by the way, I do love an email. But before do the, yeah, I, do, I love them. Uh, but before we do the emails, it's just time for a little look at Nick's official Facebook page, oh, yeah, where he invited everybody to send in their podcast questions. Okay, just refreshing my Facebook, just to make sure I've got all the latest things. Uh, Jonathan Ruderman, I, p- I put a picture of the Martian invasion of Earth up. He says, so since the Dalek invasion of Earth was made into a movie called Dalek's Invasion of Earth 2150 AD, how soon before we can expect a movie version of this entitled Martian's Invasion of Earth 2150 <laughs> AD? Hey, hey, it's not set in 2150 AD. I did. I said principal photography has just started in my back garden. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, Chris Orton said, I sent a, a question via the email the other day. Well, 
I went and found it. I'd missed it somehow. Um, 31 more comments, it says. Um, Tom Boone said, I tried sending an email to podcast.bigfinish.com and got an auto reply for inqu- from inquiries. <laughs> is the podcast address still working? Yes, it is. And I, I asked him to resend it and we've got it. I think one of the reasons I may have deleted it because he laid it out in a strange way that we we get a lot of spam sent to the podcast address. I think it's the fact that the word podcast appears in the address and uh, it's a yeah. real target. And I would say that 50% of what we get is spam. So sometimes... Yeah, sometimes just the layout of it looks like spam. So I'm really sorry, but thankfully you sent it again, Tom. Um, Jay Barry says, please bring the podcast competition back. We are bringing it back. Um, uh, Catherine Cranston says, why can't lasers be shooting out of Richard's eyes? She's talking about Richard Armitage (laughs) and the artwork. And I said, that doesn't happen in the book, Cat." (laughs) Scooter Milne says, I cannot wait for this. And I said, you will literally have to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rupert David says would the doctor allow a future or current companion to travel in the TARDIS with their large emotional support peacock (laughs) I don't know oh no I saw the emotional support peacock what's that um, it was was something like an airport or something they had an emotional support peacock where people could go and and stroke it and I think then the news was like uh, peacock is no longer emotional support peacock has been discontinues i wonder why (laughs) um uh, paul stevens says are we any closer to the big finish volume three book we are closer to it because my wife's proofreading it at the moment it it, it sort of has meant you know the suspension of our marriage to be quite frank because she spends all her time doing it uh ray ham longman says i know it's not sci-fi but how about an adaptation of ian serralier's silver sword a classic story of children escaping from the nazi concentration camps um well it's not something we consider we have to work out whether we a big finish have an audience for it that's the thing i think things Um, like that as well that's quite a, a very uh touchy sensitive topic as well yeah so I, think I mean it, i would never rule it out but yeah uh, yeah uh, jamie robertson suggests a random call to one of your sound guys lol ha 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 which is how jamie ends most of his emails he does doesn't uh, he martin robertson says stop don't move harry i've stepped on a minefield i've a quote on from a he says yes he says stepped on a landmine not in a minefield you fool martin you fool you <laughs> old fool <laughs> Yes, but that was a brilliant misquote from Genesis of the Daleks, the landmine. And that is, I love that sequence. Harry, I've stepped on a landmine. Oh, it's so um, good. I just remember it as a, as a kid. Don't move your Pit. foot. And all the business of the Doctor telling them to go away and they won't go where they want to stay and help him. It's so beautifully played, that scene. But it t- taught me a valuable you know, lesson growing up as a kid. If I ever step on a landmine, wedge a few stones under it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's what I learned from that. Yeah, Mika Frock says uh, Finfrock says Dalek Epic as Mika always does or maybe Micah, I don't know um, or, uh, David Steele the former Liberal Democrat leader <laughs> no, sorry sorry David sorry I always crack that joke uh, now that the excellent H.G. Wells adaptations are ending how about some Edgar Rice Burroughs again something we consider not sure though not sure um, what about what else? Any chance of David Bradley recording with original cast members uh, like Peter Purvis or Annika Wills in future boxes? I don't think so. I think I know we we had uh, uh, Gemma Powell being in um, uh, an early adventures, or was it a companion chronicles? I can't remember. Um, but 
we're not currently intending to mix David up with the others, but again, wouldn't rule it out. Mm. Um, do, 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 do. Alex Pass asking for more H.G. Wells adaptations, The Sleeper Awakes and Food of the Gods. No plans for that. Or, or for Jules Verne or, or Lovecraft. Lovecraft, there's still a um, copyright thing. I'm not sure Jules, Jules, Jules Verne is um, quite such a popular one as H.G. Wells. Not ruling it out, though. Um, Jason Arbuckle is asking about Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm, well, more on that story later. Um, someone asked for H. Ryder Haggard. You know, she and um, uh, Alan Quatermain. Uh, um no plans for that. It's a lovely idea. He, he does say that I should buck up and make it happen. <laughs> Alex Pass has given us some lovely pictures of uh, Sarah Jane and Bilal meeting in Death of the Daleks. Uh, yes, we have a place that is safe. Follow me and I will take you to it. <laughs> I can't. I'm waiting for the doctor. Which path did he take? That one. Ah, that way that leads, way to, leads death. to death. <laughs> oh, good anyway, there are the Facebook comments. More or less. So, I suppose it's time, Nick, to uh, crack a lack on with the old uh, Emi Weemi Ales. <laughs> so, uh, yes, he was indeed, Weedy. So, this one here is from Tom Boone. Uh, hi, guys, yeah. or hey, guys, actually says here, just already just making up my own email here. <laughs> hi, guys, you're great. No, um, <laughs> hey, guys, uh, I've got a great idea for a new Big Finish series, and I think you're going to love it. <laughs> Yes, thanks, what Tom. you need to do, okay, is get the rights to that old show that Benji's always banging on about. Um, and then to star in it, you need to hire that actor who was in 2009 remake of The Prisoner and a person of interest. And then that mind-numbing Sylvester Stallone escape plan film, put them together, and the strapline alone shows that this concept cannot fail. Here goes. I can't even pronounce that. Was it Cav? Cavazel? Cavazel? I don't know how to pronounce his. Cavazel is Catvazel. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Cavizio is Cash Weasel. That thing you sent me yesterday, that <laughs> video, what on a, it was a face changer thing with you doing yeah. Cat Weasel. On Snapchat, I got, I got a picture of, um, of Cat Weasel's face and, and, and put it on my own and then sent it to Nick. Of me going, you know, birds of night, hoot not. It's terrifying, it isn't is it? It is terrifying, yes. Your skin was all sort of strangely stretched. And, oh, uh, no, and the and eyes And that's what you can do. You can, you can amalgamate two images, can you? It does a half morph. Yeah, it just puts it onto your face. It's very it's, good. It's I did it with Davros as technology. well. Did, did you? The old, yeah, I sent it for a few people. Did it Tom Baker as well. Hello, uh, John Pertwee, and all just ha- just having a ball on my own, you know, living That'd the dream. That'd be hilarious, me doing Well, yeah, I mean, John Pertwee with a beard. I was sending it amazingly. Uh, poor old Chris Johnson, who I think he's done a big finish, but he's uh, one of the CBBC presenters. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. He yeah, just yeah. gets the brunt of all this stuff on Snapchat all the time. Uh, me, there go, yeah. A tear, Sarah Jane. <laughs> no, no, don't cry. Like that, and he's there, and then, it, and then he'll just reply at like two in the morning, like, what are you doing? Oh, dear. What's he doing up at two? Well, yeah, quiet. Well, I'm not. I'm always asleep. But what's yeah. he doing up at two? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But yes, so that email there, I remain, sirs. Yours sincerely, Tom. 
Well, there you are, Tom. We did get it eventually. Uh, here's a thorny one from Chris Autumn, who, again, uh, like you, reminded me that he'd sent an email in. Dear Stop and Don't Move. <laughs> With the new website on the horizon, oh, yeah. I wondered if it would be possible for it to have multiple delivery addresses built in. The reason is that I am more often than not at work when the postman delivers things. Sorry, I'm just moving around on my swivel chair that my wife says I must get rid of because i said but it's a design classic she said yeah it's also really unhealthy for you um anyway yes delivers uh, the, the the larger box sets won't go through the letterbox for standard or slimline releases this isn't an issue but i keep having to go to the sorting office to collect the big parcels <laughs> buck up the postie must have to run out of those red delivery cards by now i read that slightly badly but i think we get the meaning through my waffling having the option to have larger sets which could easily be reduced in size to slimline versions thus avoiding the problem and also saving me shelf space sent to my parents house for example would stop me having to travel miles out of my way they, those um sorting offices often are i've always been quite lucky with them they've always been near my house but sometimes some places i've lived yeah you literally have to go to another town uh, yeah. i don't want to have everything sent to their house but the option for some items would be very useful thank you you may move again now chris orton phew oh, let's just move around oh that's better I, I used to be terrible i used to you when i worked at a hospital i used to just get all my mail sent to the hospital if i needed a parcel you used to send it to reception really bad now looking back but it's great you know i even had <laughs> i had an imac delivered there <laughs> well, stuff. i would cares? say chris uh, i've got a very inadequate disappointing answer for this i sent it straight away uh, which is why i think i forgot that it had been sent um i sent it straight away to sue cowley our general mangler and she uh pointed out that basically there there is um a limitation in the software we use in our warehouse uh, that makes the setting of an alternative address really difficult now that is a pathetic answer and we should really do something about that but i have to tell you the major upheaval that would cause what with the other issues going on uh, sorting things out in the warehouse but it is we are well aware that this should be a basic requirement and um i'm so sorry we haven't delivered it you know we are still a smallish company and it's quite difficult for us to make enormous changes like this when there's sheer volume of stuff going through and and all of us have to concentrate on what we're doing at the moment these all sound like pathetic excuses they are pathetic excuses we should do better thanks for raising it chris it is on our radar and it is something that one day one day a man shall fly to the moon <laughs> uh, we will do it there you go you heard it there from the brig's mouth uh, cheers nick uh, and finally then this is from nigel parry or na parry or napery as he signs himself they seek him here they seek him there they seek the doctor everywhere not the doctor i don't mean to heckle rather the big finished story of dr jekyll any chance of some news of this long publicized horror threat bless you all napery or N.A. Perry. <laughs> it's horror treat, by the way. I love the way you say horror threat. It is a sort of threat. Um, oh, goodness gracious. A couple yeah. of years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I wrote um, <clears throat> a theatre adaptation for a thriller season in um, uh, the Theatre Royal Nottingham. Uh, 
an adaptation of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, which went down really well. I also uh, directed a tour of it the following year, uh, which was very successful. But unfortunately, the company that produced it went bust, owing me X thousand pounds, which is really unpleasant. Um, anyway, you know, you would have thought having written a theatre adaptation of it, it would be but short work to turn it into an audio adaptation. Maybe that's true. And I must do something about it. Uh, sorry about that. It's, it is on the site. You can pre-order it. Um, and uh, I'm sorry. It will be done, but but not this year, I hazard a guess. Oh, I don't know. Though. Anyway, let us see. Uh, just to say that we are spoiled for great emails. Do keep them coming because they all get read. And I do pass feedback, as I mentioned earlier, about Sue Cowley to the relevant contributors to... Uh, the stories you mention or, or BF um, Big Finish staff members uh, if it's a query and I do go back through the emails so it's not always the latest ones that I read out so um, you know keep them coming because the, the it's a really it's really informative and helpful for us aside from you know making some allegedly entertaining content for the podcast <laughs> It's great fun, though. They're, you know, I love an email, and it's nice to c communicate with, with everybody listening as well. It's nice, you know, it helps, it helps you to, to stop thinking, you know, in case we're just talking to ourselves. You know, it's amazing when you realise that there are people out there listening and engaging and putting up with my many voices in which I do, which mainly just sound like Jeffrey Bailton. Um, or in that case, it didn't at all. Um, so one thing uh, you keep asking for in your emails and Facebook postings is the return of the Big Finish competition. So here, maybe for one week only, cue Joe Lidster's favourite music. Ah, this is your chance to win a double CD release of this month's final HG Wells release, The Martian Invasion of Earth dramatized at the end of this very podcast the question is as follows in the hg wells novel and in the audio adaptation where does the first martian cylinder land and i'll repeat that for those at the back in the hg wells <laughs> novel and in the audio adaptation is he speak up? where does the first martian cylinder land i didn't hear it i'm not doing it again Oh, I'm going. You're not winning the box set. Well, he's gone. Oh, well, don't, those type of people, you don't have t I don't have time for them, you know. Anyway, so uh, if, if you want to, uh, if you want to win it, quite frankly, you have to email your answer to podcast at bigfinish.com and make the subject line Martian Competition. Uh, and remember to include your postal address as well, obviously, otherwise you'll win it and then you won't even get the goods crazy uh, and <laughs> crazy stuff oh. uh, the winner will be randomly selected from the correctly answering entrance now um since we're talking about war of the worlds uh jamie robertson said for the um podcast we should randomly phone him should we do it i bet he won't let's, be in let's do it let's do it cool right so yes uh so i'm gonna try the top number that can't be it then, can it? Maybe, the maybe, or you could always um, do it on Facebook, call him. I don't... Oh, that's oh. working. Of course. And I did say I was doing it today. See, Jamie, you, uh, you could have been a star. Hello? Hey, Greg. 
Yes. Hello, Jamie. You're on. You're on the Big Finish podcast. Do you have? Uh, we've been waxing lyrical about your music for uh, the Martian invasion of Earth. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you have to say about it? <laughs> And you've been doing a lot of um, Third Doctor stuff at the moment. Do you have uh, it? Benji's here. Do you have anything to say to Benji? Well, the bond. The bond. The dream uh, team, Jamie. We can't hear me, but we're the dream team. Benji had something to say to you, but you couldn't hear it. But you will now. What is it you said, Benji? So we're the dream team, aren't we, Jamie? is my third year now three years i think about maybe four but i think three probably more likely three years time yeah time does fly i mean my first release was countermeasures and then i think after that it was countermeasure survivors and then i think we ended up working together on stuff but we've done a lot we, we seem to it mainly seems to be either me and you jamie or me and nick when it comes to working on stuff so yeah we always have well, a good uh, giggle well, in the interests of uh, this being a less technically complex podcast, because I'm having to hold the phone near one thing that, and I'm going to, oh, it's going <laughs> to, uh, uh, I think, I think it's time for us to move on. But what a delight to have you on the podcast, Jamie. Thank you. Oh, thank you for calling anyway. Yeah, well, Hello, you suggested it. I thought, what a great suggestion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I look forward to hearing more of your Cyberman music. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's quite fun, actually, on that one. But, um, yeah. That's what we're working on now, isn't it? So, well, thank you for it. 
Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers. Carry on being brilliant. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye. Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and there you have it. Uh, we uh, the uh, the competition music's still been running throughout all of this, rather alarmingly, and it's time for that to end. And that does bring us uh, to the end of the listeners' emails, no less. So uh, next time you're picking up your emails, uh, make sure not to go down to the sorting office 50 miles away, because no. that would be an entirely unpleasant experience, quite frankly. In fact, I would recommend uh, never uh, physically going to collect emails, because that's not how emails work. So now, actor Samuel Barnett, who you may know as Dirk Gently on Netflix along with actor George Naylor, discuss with producer-director Scott Hancock their work on the upcoming Big Finish original concerning crime and corruption in ancient Rome. Cicero. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock. I am the producer and director of Cicero, and we are back with... Samuel Barnett, playing Cicero. And... I'm George Naylor, playing Quintus. And uh, yeah, we've just finished day one of this new series, following our little pilot last year. Uh, we never really talked about how Cicero came about in the first place, actually, first time around. You just sort of came in and did it, and it went down well with people. Yeah, and, it was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. So do you want to tell us how it came about? <laughs> first time around, Scott. <laughs> I, I, you know, I can't remember many details. It was something I'd, I'd studied Cicero as a kid, and thought he was interesting, and then when Big Finish came along, and friend of mine david wrote a spec script and uh we made it and you both came in for a, a quite odd day i remember there was stephen critchlow being it? very loud oh, yes and, yes it was odd wasn't it um, it was quite fun though it was very what? much fun yeah a lot of laughter i remember mm. yes and lots of fun around uh, pronunciations mm. which, oh yeah which we're trying to tidy up this time. <laughs> but yeah we sort of threw you in at the deep end though last time because it was sort of yeah. you had to establish that dynamic between you know Quintus and Cicero, the brothers, really quickly. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it kind of worked. Well, thankfully it worked. Well, you know both of us quite well, so I think you were able to match us up well. I think we do have a good yeah. dynamic. And has it been fun returning? And Oh, yeah, so much fun. Yeah, really I nice. mean, as you say, the words are still just as difficult, but I like to think we're doing a better <laughs> job of it now. <laughs> well, we're being more consistent, maybe. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and when we did that first one, did you ever expect to come back and do more? It was talked about that if it were if it went down well, perhaps we'd do more. But it was, yeah, it was only a one-off. And actually, what was interesting about that episode is it felt so contained. Mm. There was one um, case, mm, one yeah. legal case that Cicero and Quintus were kind of fighting for, and it very much got wrapped up and solved in that episode. So I thought, well, it could just end there. I also thought each episode was going to be. Formulaic, yeah, yeah, a case, just one case mm. per episode. And I actually love that these five, um, if you didn't have an episode break, you could just listen straight through to mm. all five and it is one story. Mm. Lots of stuff is different this time around as well. We're exploring more the social and political yeah. side of things rather than just the legal side. And obviously David's delved more into the real life, Quintus and Cicero and the family aspect of things. Um, what was your reaction when you received the script? Other than this is massive. Yeah, but David's such a good writer anyway. It can't, you can't help just flick through to, from page to page to page reading it because it's so easy to read. But I was quite excited at how much um, 
depth had been found well in Quintus uh, anyway there was there was so much more to for you to get your uh, teeth sank into um you know you've got his uh, gambling and then his dark cloudy days kind of dealing with that and he's all of a sudden become from the pilot from the first episode um this kind of drunken fun loving guy there's something that he's hiding now and mm. that's quite interesting to delve into i think yeah i love that it's not just about their cases it's really about their personal lives and yeah. they both have real emotional journeys that mm. they go on and in fact it's almost like the the cases the legal stuff the mysteries become secondary to that because what's more important is learning about who they are and it was such a good read it i was. read it like a novel because yeah. it's a 415 page script <laughs> don't say that with such an accusatory tone pages but it did read like a like a real page turner mm. it really did and cicero's now a celebrity has that affected your playing of him? Well, do you know, what was nice about the episode last time, and it's really been brought out more in these episodes, is sometimes I don't like him that much mm. because he is pompous. He is a snob. He's brilliant. But I think what I love in these episodes is that he's dealing very much with that public personal persona, which is which, which does he belong to? And there's that brilliant bit at the end when, um, spoilers, spoilers, when someone says to him, you have a choice, you can stay here in, in this place and be in Athens and be happy mm. and have a great life, but you won't be remembered after the day after you die. Or you can go back to Rome and you will be remembered through the ages. And I think it, when I read that, I was like, God, yeah, we like I knew his name before we did this mm. project. I didn't really know much about him, but I knew who he was and knew a little bit. And he has lasted. We still talk about him. Mm. We still use his philosophies. We still quote him. And there's that interesting line uh, Vitelli has in the first episode about a man's virtue is tested when he gets everything he wants. Mm. And obviously by the end of the series, we're in a situation where he's got, you know, Quintus by his side, he's in Athens, potential brilliant job. He's mm. got Piso there as well. And that's mm. when he starts to waver. It's so much richer. I, I love all the... Um, we, we get to listen to some of the philosophers. Um, is it oh, yeah. An Antiochus? Uh, is it Antiochus? Antiochus, I mean, we yes. Haven't, we haven't recorded him yet, so <laughs> no. we could call him anything. But um, Antiochus, where, where he says that brilliant line about, um, I think it's something like the idea isn't to um, live completely sin-free and without mm. vice. It's, it's mm. to live as virtuously as possible despite vice. Mm which I think is just kind of brilliant. And I think that's what Cicero is trying to do. And of course, the the joy of coming back and tackling more episodes is we're able to build up a larger cast of recurring characters. Yes. Um, and today we've had the uh, lovely Paul Clayton in as the notorious Sulla and also Ben in as uh, Claudius, who's mm. a real sort of foil mm. for you and sort of stalks you as well. How has it been working with those two? Oh, great. Such a joy. They're such pre like working with mm. them they've got such a presence and yeah of course they're a laugh as well <laughs> yeah and I get, like, I'm hearing their voices and, and they've got such rich deep yeah. <laughs> gravelly voices especially Paul mm. as Sulla he, he barely has to do anything when he's reading because his voice he's <laughs> so such, annoying right it's so annoying because, <laughs> because I feel like next to that I feel like I'm doing so much acting to get the point across and he just does nothing because of the kind of richness and experience in his voice Makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to that lovely bunch of chaps. And in case you needed reminding, Cicero is out in May this year. 
as part of the Big Finish original series, which also stretches into 2019. Someone said, oh, you made a mistake. You said something was going to be released in 2019. Oh, yes. Transference and the Human Frontier is being released. They are being released in 2019. Um, You can get Cicero and those other titles as part of a bundle, along with the six other brand new series, or you can buy on its own, on its lonesome. Up to you. I don't mean to guilt you into a bundle. Uh, The other Big Finish originals are Attergirl, Jeremiah Born in Time, Blind Terror, Shilling and Sixpence Investigate, Transference and The Human Frontier. If you want to know more about them, there are details on the website, bigfinish.com. And more on these stories later. On to unknown stories now, though. Stories only known in the computer genic mind of Ran the Randomoid Selectatron. So cue that epic music. And as we wait for loyal Big Finish listener Hannah Newman's fiendishly clever site to select a random release for us to chat about, I feel a truly febrile level of anticipation. Go, Benji, go! We've got ourselves Bernie Summerfield and the Criminal Code. Oh, the Criminal Code. Yeah, yeah. Let me just type that in. Ties in nicely, because it's uh, in in the real world, uh, where we're recording now. It was Lisa Bauman's birthday yesterday, so there are a few little deals floating around in the Big Finish world. So Mm -hmm. what better way to celebrate uh, the lovely Lisa Bauman than with a Bernice Summerfield story? And this was um, part of the Companion Chronicles range. And here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Companion Chronicles. Bernice Summerfield and the Criminal Code. It's a language and it's illegal. Right. So it's fairly self-explanatory. Where does it come from? Well, that's just it. A lot of us would like to find out, but we can't. There are laws against speaking it, reading it, writing it, owning any part of it written down, or even thinking it. Thinking? That's absurd. How can you possibly prosecute someone on those grounds? The Doctor was mediating in peace talks between Shanquis, which was where we were, and the neighbouring planet of Isauria. He'd heard there was hostility brewing between the two worlds and appointed himself to sort it out. I wondered how long he'd been thinking about doing this. After all, being a time traveller, he has the freedom to address problems like this at his convenience. Hmm. Well, maybe he has a to-do list of wars to prevent and disasters to avert, and tackles one whenever he hasn't got much else on. I was in my hotel room watching the doctor being interviewed on the news when someone in the crowd pulled a gun on him. You're too late, the overfront man said. A bolt of lightning shot down from the sky, even though there were no clouds to be seen. You will not go to war. So it's the seventh Doctor story, and it's Lisa reading, with Charlie Hayes also reading. Charlie Hayes, who I think is the daughter of Wendy Padbury. Really? That's That's exciting, isn't it? It was written by Eddie Robson and directed by John Ainsworth, uh, two of my favourite, uh, most talented people. Um, so brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I know nothing else about it except that its title looks very long on the cover of a Doctor Who companion chronicle. It does, but what a cool cover, though. It's a nice, nice old picture of Lisa and Sylve there doing their thing. 
Uh, Charlie Hayes is indeed uh, the uh, daughter of Wendy Pebbery, and oh. actually they look very alike. I can see they I do. can see the similarity there. Well, I know, and, and we had her in when doing uh, Doctor Who. Um, Seven Keys to Doomsday, the stage play adaptation where she played the part that her mother played in the show and was probably more or less the same age her mum was when she did it. Oh, I love stuff like that, a little, little, yeah, sort of bit of spooky, timey wimey stuff there. And I love Wendy Padbury, uh, you know, having her and Fraser Hines act together in productions that I've directed has literally reduced me to tears of nostalgia. I think they both, uh, both Fraser and Wendy don't quite understand the effect they have on me. Although Fraser says, you used to have respect for me, you used to be nice to me, but now you just take the mickey all the time. <laughs> oh, someone's just sent me a message. Let's find out who it is. It's that- Jamie, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Robertson has, has sent a text saying, jump over. What does that mean? <laughs> I get a text. What? <laughs> I never understand any emails or texts Jamie sends. Jump me. over. What a strange thing. Perhaps he was doing the long jump at the time we phoned him. <laughs> and right, now he's saying, oh, it's all right, Nick. Maybe, Jumps over. Maybe it's an, he's writing a reply. Uh, may, maybe it's... Um, some autocorrect nightmare. Oh no, that thing when it looks like someone's writing, is that just because they're reading your message it comes up? But he's he's given up. He's not oh no, he's having another thing. He's having another go. He's just been to the dictionary to find an, another rude phrase I won't understand. This is an incredible bit of podcast anticipation, waiting for Jamie Robertson to Oh, it's huge. I probably sounded out of breath as the phone rang on the studio computer. I had to leg it downstairs, jump over the two dogs to the kitchen to find the phone, as for some reason it doesn't let me talk via the computer when it rings. Nice talking. We must catch up soon if I'm in London. Oh, bless it. Nice guy. Great guy. Yeah. So, uh, for some strange reason, message sent incorrectly. LOL. That's his most common name. Lol. Lols. Jump over. Anyway, there we are. Bernie Summerfield and the Criminal Code. Highly recommended by Ran. And so, as the podcast teeters on the brink of extinction, eaten by a time virus that threatens to make us believe it never existed in the first place, (gasps) it's just time for Nick to take us on a jolly nice trip through some recommendations for your ears available at bigfinish.com right this flipping minute it's true so much about to be released for february but here's a brace of audio adventures for you to catch up on it's a brace a particular number i have no idea i thought they just hold your trousers up (laughs) (laughs) what a gag Uh, the Fourth Doctor Adventures Series 7 Part 1 in a box set. Yeah, Caldor Robots, Cyberpunk Adventure, Psychological Strangeness, Louise Jameson, John Leeson. What more could a Doctor Who fan want? Well, perhaps Kingdom of Lies featuring Peter Davison, Janet Fielding, Sarah Sutton and Matthew Waterhouse. Or even The Authentic Experience, a Sixth Doctor short trip narrated by Nicola Bryant. And of course, there's always The Diary of River Song starring Alex Kingston with Peter Davison again and Francis Barber. Yes, there's as always that and uh, if you'd like to celebrate this year's 40th anniversary of Blake 7 which frankly you must 
there's our special anniversary special that's very special special the special way ahead and finally as promised many times you can hear compiled for your listening torture i mean i mean delight the first installment of my big finish life yes you know what that is don't you benji it is it's your big finish life yeah well not but yeah it's not the yours. bumper i use the, the great word i think i retweeted it I use the word omnibus because I like the idea of that. The the omni <laughs> omnibus edition of Nicholas Briggs' Big Finish Life. Indeed, ding ding, hold tight. It's the omnibus edition of My Big Finish Life, available as a podcast or in the podcast range. Take your pick, press a button, download it, stream it, do what you like, for goodness sake, and there you flipping have it. Thank you for that one, Nick. And just before we tease you all with the tease of the first 15 minutes of the Martian invasion of Earth, our full cast dramatisation of The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Time to do the trailer for this very podcast. Yeah, do you know, I heard that funny noise again. It's like... And I thought, what is that? And it's me. It's me again. I did that a few podcasts ago. I heard of the noise. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, a brand new podcast released on the 4th of February, 2018. Rock and roll, sit tight, it's going to be a ruthless ride through news. The third Doctor trailers, lots of funky Martian stuff, Ghost Walk, Torchwood trailers. Nick, what more have we got? Oh, well, we always get out alive. (laughs) That's out in May from Torchwood. Uh, And the Silver Mask serpent thing um yeah i've just got jamie robertson's message come in but that's and jamie robertson also appears in the podcast in a and an almost incomprehensible phone conversation and there's the return of the big finish competition what's the interview the interview is with scott hancock and the cast for cicero including richard armitage sorry including (laughs) richard armitage (laughs) <laughs> Richard Armitage, I like that. Richard Armitage uh, is not in Cicero. He's in The Martian Invasion of Earth. And there's a 15-minute drama tease of that. That was a dishevelled podcast trailer. Yeah. Um... Right, so now... Um... The answer to the podcast competition lies in this first 15 minutes of The Martian Invasion of Earth starring Richard Armitage. Oh, don't. Armitage and Lucy Briggs-Owen. There's nothing worse than when you're just reading and then you just say something and you think, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I think it lends it a great... Um, uh, it sounds classier, Armitage. Armitage. I'm sure Richard would, I'm sure Richard would approve. Even that, he'll think I'm Hold an on, imbecile. Hold on, it's just his lawyers phoning me. <laughs> uh, I, well, I do not approve. Okay, well, anyway, here's the drama tease.
This is the testimony of a survivor. Not off, old chap. You might miss something. Sorry. Yes, I must try to concentrate. Warm night. Terrible headache. You want me to take over again? It's as though Mars keeps getting, well, larger and smaller. That's your eyes getting tired. Remember, you're looking across 40 millions of miles of nothingness. Come on, you'd better let me take over. Rest your eyes, my dear fellow. Yes, you're right, Ogilvy. Perhaps I should... Wait a minute. What? You've seen something? Yes. Quickly. See for yourself. Let's have a look. By God. You're right. A reddish flash. It's another one. <laughs> my dear Herbert. The chances against anything manlike on Mars are a million to one. Uh, uh, damn it! <laughs> I, I really uh, don't know why you persist with that thing. A writer needs exercise. It makes you so cross. It's the very latest. I was damned lucky to get one, and I will master it. Uh, Herbert Wells, the tamer of the velocipede. <laughs> you may laugh, but you'll want one soon enough. I very much doubt it. Oh, please, Herbert, just let's walk for now. And we really should be making our way back home. It's getting quite dark. Very well, my love. Very well. It's far too warm a night for you to be exercising yourself, Joe. See that up there? Where? Up there. Mars is about there. I can't see anything. No. Not quite dark enough yet. And haven't you done enough gazing at lights in the sky with Ogilvy? I'm not sure that staring through a telescope's good for your eyesight, you know. You did say it gave you the most terrible headache. I did, but we wanted to see more of those, well, whatever they were. Volcanoes, they said in the Chronicle. Mm, yes, that's what they said. That's what they said. And what does Ogilvy think they are? Oh, Ogilvy rejects all fanciful or fantastical theories. Quite right. Those are the only kinds of lights I like to look at over there. Red, green, and yellow. <laughs> the signals of Woking Railway Station. Indeed. There's nothing fanciful or fantastical about those. I find them entirely safe and tranquil, which is exactly how life should be.
All will be well. There's no meteorite, my boy. No meteorite. You stay here, boy. You stay here. from the walls of a furnace. of you, man. I beg you, sir. Take your cart and gather as many men as you can. I Gather? Keep control your blessed horse, will you? Head to the sap pits on Hustle Common with all haste, while I... What are you talking about? Where's your hat, man? A hat? Yeah. Oh, it must have fallen off. Look, never mind that. There are men trapped. Men? What men? In the sand pits? How are they trapped? Men from Mars, damn you! What? Men from Mars, trapped in their vessel, roasting to death. Men from Mars, you say? Good God, man. Did you not see the shooting star? When? No. What shooting star? Well, it, it wasn't a shooting star, but it looked just like one. Wasn't a shooting star, but looked Did you just... not hear the stories of the volcanoes upon Mars? Do you not read the papers, man? Well, that were a while back, weren't it? Yes, but they weren't volcanoes, don't you see? Weren't they? Those explosions must have been vessels fired at us from Mars. I could scarcely credit it myself, but... Good gracious... Of course, there must be more of them on the way. But, but there's one here now, and I... In the sand pits, you say? Yes, yes, it's a sort of cylinder, radiating fantastic heat, probably caused by the friction of our atmosphere. And now, the occupants are trapped inside, roasting to death. We must help them. We must get water on the hull to cool it before it's too late. For pity's sake, what's the matter with you, man? Why do you just stare at me like an idiot? Well? You're calling me the idiot. <laughs> Giddy up! <laughs> no, 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 no! <laughs> Henderson! Hey, Oakley? You've risen early. As have you. 
You saw that shooting star last night? I did, as a matter of fact. It's out on Hustle Common now. Good Lord. Fallen meteorite. That'll make a good story for the first edition. But it's something more than a meteorite, Henderson. It's a cylinder. Huh? An artificial cylinder, and there's something inside. What? Speak up, man. You know I'm deaf in one ear. It is not a meteorite. It is an artificial cylinder. And there are men trapped inside it. I heard them moving and I saw their failed attempts to unscrew some sort of hatch at the top of the cylinder. Now, for pity's sake, man, you know me to be level-headed and sceptical, do you not? I do, yes. I beg you, as a valued acquaintance of old, I beg you to believe me, Henderson. Henderson! Take me to this thing. Ride on my horse with me. We must be quick! Heat much diminished. No sounds from inside. A thin circle of bright metal showing between the top and body of the cylinder. Air seems to be entering or escaping at the rim. So, what do you think, Edison? It looks like a rusty old gas float. Hmm. That's a very apt description. The heat must have been indescribable. It was. Even though it's cooled somewhat, I dare say we should be foolish to touch it with our bare hands. <sighs> I'll fetch a stick. What? If we're to signal to these occupants, you heard. Yes, it's your discovery, Huggleby. You rap upon her hull. Indeed. Nothing. Hello in there! Hello! You think they're dead, whoever they are? Seem likely. If they are men like us, I don't see how it would be possible for them to survive. Even so, we must find help to dig the thing out and get it open. This will be the story of the century. And of incalculable value to science, my dear fellow. Hmm. But how are we to convince anyone to come here and help? We must return to Woking. I'll telegraph my paper from the railway station. Men will believe a headline when they read it. common. But we heard nothing. Do, do you honestly think this could possibly be true? It seems so... so... They say Ogilvy was there, and he's no fantasist. Do you think there's any danger? Not if Ogilvy says these men from Mars are dead. They... they must have perhaps died on impact, poor wretches. We should go there, straight away, to see Ogilvy. I... I was intending to go alone on the Velocipede. Don't be ridiculous, Herbert. On the Maybury Hill Road, that thing will shake the bones out of your body. And besides, it isn't built for two. We shall walk. Meg? Meg? Yes, ma'am. What is it you need doing? Mr Wells and I are going to Horsell Common to see... The men from Mars? Oh, Lord. 
They say they've come to kill us in our beds, Mum. Oh, who says that? Uh, well, the lad from down the road Never said... Never you mind what the lad from down the road said. The newspaper and our friend, Mr Ogilvy, say that if there are any men from Mars, the poor things died in their cylinder. Have you seen to the parlour yet? No, Mum. Well, run along. We should be back for luncheon. Yes, Mum. Now, let me fetch my hat. Mrs Wells is right, ain't she, sir? Hmm? About them men from Mars being dead. Of course she is. Why do you ask? It's just that you do look awful worried, sir. What would your mother say? <sighs> Can't see Ogilvy. Or that journalist fella. No. I wonder where they've gone. I'm going to take a closer look. What? You, you mean at that thing? Mm. Herbert! <sighs> right. No. Herbert, don't. I have to. Have to? thing really be from Mars? I feel certain of it. You do? I think... I think ever since I saw that eruption on Mars, I knew there was an intelligence behind it all. In spite of what Ogilvy said to you? Yes, even in spite of that. I've kept that to myself all this time, and now, here it is. A vessel from Mars. Full of dead men. It's horrible. We don't know they're dead. Or even if there's anyone in there. Then why did it come from Mars? It could... It could be an enormous artillery shell. Well, if it is, it certainly failed to go off. Now wait here. Oh, Herbert. Are you sure this is wise? I must do this, Amy. This is a day like no other. there we have it so you have been listening to a big finish production isn't that right monty yes that's right that's absolutely right i would like to complain that i haven't been appearing in the podcast recently i'm very very annoyed i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean just you know time and, and money and you know it's, it's very difficult to, to invite you all the way over here from from the uh, the deserts of uh, north africa just to, just to do a one-liner the whole thing reminds me of operation market garden